Let's get John Nagel on the line. He's the senior associate attorney at Gordon Law Offices. John, welcome to the program. Hi, John. Thanks for inviting me on today. Yeah, double John here for the next uh, few minutes. So, <laughs> do you, what time do you mow your lawn at, John? If you, do you get up early on the weekend and do it, or what? Oh, before nine o'clock. That's just rude. <laughs> no one <laughs> oh, should be okay. up early on the weekend anyway. All right. Okay. So you're on, you're in that camp. That sounds good, uh, John. It's great to chat with you. You're a U of I guy originally, right? That's where you got your uh, bachelor degree. Me as well. Oh yeah, I love Champagne. It's uh. It was a pleasure being able to go back down there and uh, visit the campus. It's uh, still beautiful. What was uh, one of your what, what was your haunt? What was your uh, your your bar spot that you went to down at U of I? Oh, uh, back in the day, camps. That always uh, <laughs> that was a fun place. Yeah, I remember more, the uh, yeah. everything was sticky there. <laughs> yeah, they got a new camps now. Anyways, that's not why we brought you here. We brought you here to talk about the topic of small businesses and what is happening with audits. And I was teasing this as like. Boy, what a couple of years small businesses have had. And now the only Department of Revenue is really going in on some small businesses and uh, even forcing some audits. Why? What are they doing? So recently, it looks like the state of Illinois has started to, to um, use an algorithm to compare the uh, state income tax return that's being filed with the ST1s that are filed on a monthly basis by these small businesses. On the ST1s, where they report their uh, sales tax, they also report their gross receipts. And if they take a look and see that over the 2021 calendar year, the SC1s, when they're added up, don't equal the gross receipts that are reported on their income tax return, they know that there wasn't the proper amount of sales tax collected and remitted to the state. I so see. Just, they're flagging these businesses pretty easily now. So it was a monthly thing that you did that was, what is it, perfunctory? You just say, here's how much we did. Here's how much uh, sales tax we paid. Okay. And then it wasn't ever really collected and compared to automatically to what, at the end of the year, you said how much money you made. And now that's more of an automated system. Yes, it looks like the, the Department of Revenue has sort of caught up with technology. And now they can run this comparison in an instance, rather than dedicating a examiner to go through a company's books at, at random. So now they can see if there's a discrepancy right away, then they'll assign someone to take a look at it, and that's when the, uh, the audit is initiated. What types of small businesses are we talking about? Uh, I've seen a lot of restaurants and grocery stores targeted. Um, those seem to be ones where there's a high volume of uh, uh, point-of-sales transactions um, on a monthly basis, and those, if, if you don't if you're not careful and reconcile your books and report everything accurately, um, that can result in these, um, these audits commencing. Are they looking for, like, large discrepancies, or is it, uh, you know, a couple bucks here or there? How does that work? Uh, most of the people that come to us, there are some quite large discrepancies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's a set amount that the state has decided to target, but we've seen it for only um, maybe $10,000, a difference from their ST1 total for a month to uh, what it should have been. And that still triggered an examination. I imagine some people will say, well, yeah, you need to keep your books straight and everything should be great. And if you're not doing that, you should be, you know, in trouble for that. But I imagine that there are some very honest mistakes that happen in bookkeeping or sometimes the POS systems can mess things up as well. I mean, these aren't people that are trying to dodge paying their taxes for the most part. These are just small business owners where something's gone a little off. In the most cases, that's exactly right. Uh, the POS systems that a lot of companies use need to be updated on a monthly basis. And if those updates um, aren't maintained, all the records could be completely off uh, moving forward. And then it just gets compounded and worse uh, throughout the year. Um, so one of the main um, uh, goals of uh, audit defense 
is to make sure that the state is informed of these um, perhaps negligent or unintentional actions that businesses um, did when reporting. And we uh, strive to prevent the, um, the fraud penalty from being assessed. Because that can be up to 50% of the, uh, the tax balance. Oh, there's a penalty like on top of it. So you would owe that much and mm-hmm. you'd pay 50% of that on top of it. Yes, and that can be quite substantial for some businesses that uh, weren't, um, when their system wasn't reporting correctly throughout the year. Right, and they don't take into account why it happened. They just look at what happened. Correct, correct. And the state has uh, rough guidelines. They won't disclose exactly what they are, but if you're off by, we'll say, 250000 then they could say this falls into the, the willful fraud penalty uh, threshold, and now we have a 50% penalty on top of the uh, the tax that wasn't paid. And you're saying this is happening more. Is it is it more anecdotal? Or just Are you getting more calls of this from clients who said, hey, this is happening to me? Uh, it's been a huge influx over the last, I would say, um, maybe eight or nine months. Um, more audits are being uh, commenced and more people are uh, requesting help to deal with it. And and- it'd be pretty intimidating at first when you get that letter from the uh, Illinois Department of Revenue, and then then the calls start coming, too, where they want to visit your business. They want to look at all of your books, all your bank statements. Um, it can go back to you know, three years, even. Wow, and that's what I was going to ask next. How does an audit work with the Illinois Department of Revenue? Well, typically, they'll reach out to you um, by mail first, uh, just saying that they're going to look at your uh, probably two to three years, and they'll request all of your point-of-sale reports, all of your sales journals, your bank statements for that period, and they're going to uh, compare that with the income tax returns that were filed and also the S-2-1s that were filed. And once that happens, if they do see that there was a discrepancy, uh, that's when they get into the discussion of was this just negligence on the business's part? Uh, Was there an error in their uh, computer system? Or perhaps they were trying to evade um, paying their sales tax that was owed. Mm -hmm. And then what happens next? I mean, is it a matter of here's the bill and this is what you owe? Is there, do you ever get a chance to be before a judge? Like, I, I've never been audited and I don't know how it works with a business either. Well, uh, typically it's before the Department of Revenue um, auditor. Uh, we'll provide them uh, a spreadsheet of the figures. And if there is a discrepancy, we'll try to explain how that discrepancy came about. Okay. Um, maybe there was a new point of sale system in place. There could have been a turnover in management that they didn't know how to run the uh, the POS system. And uh, generally just try to um, give the business a side of why the mistake happened. So there is and some limit the audit just to uh, the, the tax that was owed. Right. So there is some leniency in terms of, a, hey, look, this was human error. This wasn't fraud. And you can try and argue in their defense. It's not just black or white. Uh, absolutely. Okay. That's important to know. John, we got to take a quick commercial break. Stay on the line, okay? All right, no problem, John. And uh, go to com for more information about this. More with John Nagel from Gordon Law Office on WGN Next. John Nagel, who's the Senior Associate Attorney at Gordon Law Offices. And you wouldn't be surprised, John, people are texting in small business owners that are dealing with this. You aren't wrong. A lot of people getting letters. And I imagine when someone gets a letter, that can be a frightening experience. Oh, absolutely. Um, most of my clients, uh, their immediate thought is they're going to put <laughs> my business down. I'm going to have to sell off uh, my assets, and the tax man is coming. It's uh, It usually does not result in any sort of immediate action whenever the uh, Illinois Department of Revenue issues these letters. 
They're just giving you the, the heads up that they are looking into your previous tax returns. And at that point is when we would recommend that a uh, tax attorney be hired to assist them in the audit process. Yeah, I was just going to ask. It's right when they get that letter. Or do some businesses maybe, is it a good idea to have a tax attorney on even before you file your taxes? Like, I mean, imagine a lot of small business owners trying to do everything themselves, but sometimes it's not so bad to have a professional to go over everything. Absolutely. And um, you could have a tax attorney review your ST1s before they're sent in, um, compare them to the POS reports to make sure that uh, everything is um, itemized correctly or categorized co- correctly, I should say. And there's many items that um, you wouldn't have to pay sales tax on if they were purchased at your store. You know, like snack foods, medicines, uh, newspapers and magazines, um, you know, regular uh, like candy. That, that wouldn't be something that would be subject to the sales tax. And you would want to make sure that uh, your computer system is removing that and the Department of Revenue isn't trying to assess a tax for those particular items. Does the Department of Revenue help out with people who are getting started to figure out how to work and make sure the POS systems work and that they know exactly because there's county tax or city taxes, there's state mm-hmm. taxes? I mean, are, is it is it do they make it easy? And I'm not trying to like pass blame on a government organization. I'm sure there's a lot of hardworking folks just trying to do their jobs there. But do they make it easy or is it really hard for small business owners to figure this out? Uh, they, they don't hold your hand during the process. Okay. They do have access on their websites on what needs to be reported and how to report it, um, but they're not uh, going to walk you through it. If you um, uh, are having questions on how to report everything accurately, the best uh, way to do that would be to contact a uh, professional tax attorney and have them uh, walk you through setting it up initially. Yeah, and that's what I was getting at, because I have tried so many times just doing basic federal returns. Now, i got a lot of 1099s and some other stuff that makes it a little bit more complicated. And anytime you have a question and you go to the book in which it explains it, the language in which they use on how to explain tax laws could not be any more complicated. <laughs> yeah, the, the legalese in the tax world is uh, it's very convoluted. It is not... Uh, easy to decipher. Um, luckily, at, a, at Gordon Law, we have many attorneys that have been doing this for about a decade now. And we're very familiar with the uh, the state and federal tax laws and can help advise clients, especially small businesses, whenever they start filing these um, uh, sales tax uh, returns with the state. Yeah, for sure. GordonLawLTD.com. You can call them 847-580-1279. We had a text from someone saying, I got a demand letter for 27 cents as a small business owner, an audit by an audit account who was training the auditors. I don't know if that's why they chose that 20 cents. I don't know what, but that seems that, that the piece of paper that the, the envelope, the stamp costs more than the 27 cents. Is more than the, the tax debt. <laughs> I imagine that's that does un- not appear to be a good use of state resources right there. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, no, no, that doesn't. That'd be one I would just pay. And then they can throw on that fraud charge, I guess, if they want to, for another 13 yeah, or whatever that, it is. That's no 13 cents on there. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, I, I imagine, you know, small businesses is something that you represent and maybe other people at the firm, too. I imagine you represent uh, other folks, too, just every, individuals looking for help, too. Oh, yes, yes. Um, on a day-to-day basis, we represent uh, individuals that are dealing with um, Illinois uh, tax debt uh, that deal for their personal income and then also um, individuals and businesses that owe the IRS. Um we also help people disclose their uh, cryptocurrency transactions um, accurately. Uh, and that's sort of like a, an emerging new type of income that a right. lot of people just aren't familiar with. So um, we have an entire 
team of attorneys that work on cryptocurrency reconciliations to make sure it's all accurately uh, reported. I imagine there's a lot of people listening now that uh, owe taxes, haven't filed taxes for the past couple of years. It's something that's keeping them up at night. I imagine calling someone like you can help to start people at least sleep better knowing that someone's looking into that, right? Absolutely. The, the first thing we would do for our clients is file a power of attorney with the IRS, let them know that uh, we're looking into the situation to help bring them into compliance. Um, whenever we notify them of that, the, the IRS will typically place a 30 to 60 day hold to pause any type of collection action. If the IRS has already started collection action, that's when we, um, it's very important that they contact the tax attorney so we can try to lift any type of levies that have been put on their income or uh, garnishments on wages. If that's uh, that can be uh, detrimental to maintain your monthly living expenses. For sure. John Nagel from Gordon Law Group, GordonLawLTD.com, 847-580-1279. John, do you mind hanging on the line a little bit longer? i got a few more questions about that. Yeah, no problem at all, sir. All right. We're going to put John on hold. We're going to tap more about tax. If you have questions, I see them coming in on the text line. Add yours as well, 312-981-7200. We'll do that after the news here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association, GordonLawLTD.com. All right, John, we got a question from a listener. Are you ready? Yeah, absolutely, John. All right. And, of course, if anytime you don't know an answer, yeah, I know you'll look into it. We can get a proper answer. But they 708 wants to know. Please ask if they could assist an individual who a CPA made a huge error on emitting reporting over $100,000 of caregiver's deduction on an individual income tax filing. I think I read that correctly. I imagine there are avenues in which you could look into something like that, right? Oh, absolutely. And uh, if you notice that the error was uh, was on the tax return uh, right after you filed it, the best course of action would be to file an amended tax return to uh, make sure that it is all reported correctly so you get credit for that. Okay, that's good to know. But yeah, they can call you up and help with that. Someone wants to know, does the IRS have installment plans if I'm swimming in tax debt? Uh, Yes, fortunately, the IRS has several options. Um, First, there's a a time-based repayment uh, program that they offer where you can have up to six years to repay the total balance that's owed. If um, that minimum payment over six years wouldn't pay the full balance and allow you to still maintain your uh, monthly living expenses, then we could look at providing a uh, financial information to the IRS to show what you, you could afford on the, to pay towards the uh, tax balance that's owed. And if uh, that both of those avenues don't work, then there's also hardship programs like a currently non-collectible status that can be pursued or even a settlement arrangement with the IRS. Uh, they refer to it as an offer and compromise. Oh, okay. An offer and compromise. That's where you say, hey, look, I owed 50000 and now I only owe five. And I've heard from people that, that say that, that, you know, obviously someone like you would help out with that. But those do come with strict rules, right? You have to follow a lot of that. Yes, they're very strict rules. Usually the settlement amount needs to be paid in full within five months of it being offered. Um, so if that isn't manageable, that may not be the best route to um, to pursue. Uh, you also cannot owe any balances uh, for the next several years after the settlement has uh, been accepted. So if you end up owing a balance and you can't pay it in full by April 15th, then the settlement is uh, negated and the whole balance that was wiped off is added back on. Okay, so that may not be for everyone. Yeah, boy, when you, when you talk through this stuff, it's important to see why, and it's easy to see why, you want someone in your corner, right, against the IRS. 
Uh, absolutely. Um, everyone at the IRS, they are familiar with all of these um, exceptions and rules that can default an agreement that you think is ironclad. Um, you need to have an attorney uh, inform you and update you on um, the necessary steps to maintain these agreements uh, to stay in good standing. Six Rio wants to know uh, that they said that their former spouse did a lot of bad things. I'm still getting collections. Is there any relief for me? It, it, it depends. It, uh, I, 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 summed, I summed it up. I summed it out very quickly. There was a longer story there, but I don't want to share the whole thing. Okay. If, um, if there is a program called the Innocent Spouse Program that if the spouse did not have reason to know and there's no way that they, they could have known about the, uh, the tax activity that may not have been reported accurately or not reported at all on a tax return, they can apply for relief um, uh, through the Innocent Spouse uh, Program with the IRS. And that could limit the balance, even if it was from a married filing joint return, just to the, uh, the, the other person on the return that filed it. Okay. Uh, someone wanted to know that they uh, have been getting more 1099 work and that they have been owing the IRS each year for the past couple of years, and then they got an extra bill on top for not paying quarterly. Is it easy to pay quarterly payments? Do I need to pay quarterly if I'm going to owe at the end of the year? For 1099 uh, workers, it's always recommended that you make your quarterly estimated tax payments throughout the year. Uh, that'll prevent these uh, quarterly um penalties if, or failure to pay your tax throughout the year from being assessed. And it also uh, lessens the burden whenever it's time to file the tax return. If you've made these estimated tax payments uh, during the year, then you don't have a lump sum due whenever it's time to file your tax return and it shows that you have um, uh, this bid tax bill owed. Right, because what they're trying to do, like it's a penalty, but really they're just trying to get you to pay the interest on what you if, you, if you didn't pay it in March or you didn't pay it every three months, they're trying to get the interest on what they would have earned, just like they have to pay you interest on when they pay you back, right? Uh, correct. And you only are required to file the uh, the quarterly estimated tax payments if you reach certain income thresholds uh, on the previous tax year. Okay. So it's not something if you only are expecting um, a small amount in 1099 income, you wouldn't be required to make these estimated tax payments on a quarterly basis. You can you can do it. That's encouraged still to pay your taxes throughout the, the year before the return is due. <laughs> but um, it, it wouldn't be required unless you reach a certain uh, income threshold uh, based upon your previous year's tax return. Right. John Nagel we're chatting with from Gordon Law Group. You can visit GordonLawLTD.com. You can call them up at 847-580-1279. Kathy was texting in, I was so worried about taxes that I owed. I had someone looked at it. I highly recommend getting someone on like John who can help me sleep at night. And really, probably that's what it's all about. I imagine there's some people out there that didn't know there's installment plans, didn't know that there's some I don't know if you want to call it forgiveness, but more of a settlement that you can reach. Do you find that people just didn't know that that's an option for them? Uh, yes, uh, very frequently people come and they're uh, just confused. They're uh, they're not sure what their options are. They think that the IRS is going to come and confiscate uh, their car, or make them sell their home, make them close their business down. And there are some options. They're just not very uh, well known, uh, but. Uh, and tax attorneys are well-versed in all options available and can guide them through to whichever one best fits their unique situation. 
Yeah, for sure. Any other advice for people out there? I know that the IRS has been asking for a bigger budget so that they can hire more people uh, to go after and continue to try and get money that they are owed. I imagine if that happens, audits could be going up for a lot of people and having your number stored in their phones, probably a good thing, John. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. And uh, everyone should uh, maintain their records of all their income, all of their expenses and deductions for a minimum of three years. That's how far back the IRS typically will um, look at previous tax returns for audits. As long as you maintain your records and report everything accurately, the audit process will be a breeze. Okay. If you think that you may have issues, uh, contact us. We can help amend the returns and correct anything before a actual audit uh, commences. What's a meeting with you look like, John? Uh, typically, our consultations, uh, the um, the client will, or the potential clients will uh, come to us with an issue. We'll discuss it with them, analyze what the possible uh, options are to resolve it, and if they can resolve it on their own, we'll encourage them to take certain actions. Uh, but in most cases, uh, a tax attorney would be needed to um, that sort of navigate the IRS protocols. Should, and that's when we would tell them uh, what our next steps would be, how to get the power of attorney filed with us, and um, what documents we would need to uh, you know, address their uh, specific concerns. Should people have those documents ready to go when they come and talk with you? Um, not necessarily. Uh, the important documents to have would be any type of recent IRS communications. Uh, so if they sent you a notice saying, we're going to take a look at your 2020 tax return, or if they have a notice uh, seeing that they have a uh, large balance owed now from a, a previous year that they didn't realize that there was a balance owed. Uh, we can contact the IRS um, and find out how this balance came about that they uh, were previously unaware of or what exactly they were uh, looking at in an examination of their uh, previously filed tax returns. Wait, John, does the IRS actually answer your phone calls? Uh, they do. <laughs> we do have to wait on line there on hold for a while, but uh, they will answer our calls eventually and give us the uh, the answers to our questions. We got a lot of texts and I'll just end with this because we always every time we talk taxes here on WGN, we hear from people that have not gotten their returns back for this year, of course, we're still pretty early mm-hmm. in this see oh not that early, but or even like the year before the year before that. I imagine you still hear from people that they just have to wait and I know it's annoying, but they just aren't through with everything yet, right? Yes, uh, the IRS is very, very backlogged, especially on uh, paper file tax returns. Um, they are projecting eight months to process them at this point. So if you haven't filed uh, your tax return for 2021 yet, if you did an extension, um, we highly recommend filing it uh, electronically. Uh, you get the return back so much faster. And for previous year tax returns that were paper filed, they're saying it can be up to a year at this point. Wow. So if you are anticipating a refund from a, uh, a past year tax return, it, it's going to take a while. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, John, we appreciate your time. Gordon Law Group, go to gordonlawltd.com. That's 847-580-1279. John, have a good one, okay? Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on.